Finn Bergman lives and breathes Gurlev, which might be meaningless if I don't pause my introduction and attempt to explain Gurlev. Bear with me, I'm going to attempt three sketches. One, Gurlev is a school, but that word falls far short. Gurlev has been described as a sports academy, which also misses the mark. It's even been called a folk high school, which yet again misses the mark because we English speakers are unsure what to make of the adjective folk. There's, of course, a Danish word for what Gerlev is. Gerlev Two, can you imagine a place where students meet many different types of sports and movement in an environment that cultivates exploration, inclusivity, and personal responsibility? A place where the aim is to present the students with the formative aspects of sports while building an understanding of life that extends beyond a sports framework. This place you're imagining was originally a uniquely Danish idea, which has since spread well beyond Denmark. And three, in Gurlev's own words, we believe that sports contain a lot of exciting and developmental qualities. When it all comes together, it contains the fight, the play, the dance, and the contemplation, as does life. And that is why we at Gurlev view sports as a fantastic formative subject, which allows the possibility of development maturation, challenges, adventures, and experiences. Playing is important as the basis of experiences with the creative parts of life. Fighting contains the option of experiencing through resistance how your physical and mental abilities can be put to the test. Dancing is, on one hand, the dream of unhindered movement, the flawless timing and getting lost in the rhythms. On the other hand, it is the creation of the aesthetic expression that allows interpretation of meaning and intention. Contemplation means tranquility, concentration, and willingness, all of which are required to gain insight into existence. Which brings me back to... Hello, I'm Craig Constantine, and this is... Finn Bergren. And this recording is Parkour They Said. Finn Bergren lives and breathes Gerlev. He has been a student and a teacher, and now he is the principal of the academy. He is here, there, and everywhere. He is a pioneer and the primary spokesperson of Gerlev and the wonderful possibilities within the world of sport, not only in Denmark, but well beyond her borders. Welcome, Finn. Thank you very much. In the parkour world, Gerlev is best known for hosting its annual international gathering. Parkour's presence and level of integration at Gerlev is unique. And what I want to know is, what did you see in parkour in Denmark's parkour organization, Street Movement? What did you see in parkour that caught your attention and sparked your interest in bringing parkour to Gurlev? Okay, that's a that's a good question because it changed my life and it changed the strategy for Gerlev Sports Academy, and it all happened well nine ten years ago. I was watching a television program. And uh, in this television program, it was a national program where a lot of young people were demonstrating different kind of skills. And then they should select the best skill. Uh, mm, okay. So that kind of program in the television. And I, I was uh, just accidentally, I was uh, watching the program and there I saw four young men or young boys. They were in the eight, uh, 18, 19s. <laughs> right. And then they they were doing uh, something they they called free running and parkour, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the guys and they were doing all that kind of uh, challenging each other to uh, jump easily from A to B and uh, to put it together as a show as a presentation, 
And then you have to understand, I'm, I'm a former gymnast. My life has been gymnastic. I was educated as a gymnastic teacher here mm-hmm. at Gerlif. And when I was watching those guys, I said, this is for me the new happiness of doing gymnastic movements in a way which has not been destroyed by some strictly rules about how the skills had to, to be, be done. done. Right. So I was, uh, when, in, in fact, those four guys, they won that program. <laughs> Hands down, right. <laughs> and then I got in, in touch with those four guys. And then I said, well, I'm, I'm the principal here at, uh, at Gallo. You've, uh, you may know about Gallo. I would like to hire all four of you to be teachers here at Gallo. And they said, yes, because they were young and uh, they had never been in touch with a sports academy in that way. And now suddenly some crazy person find asked an advocate, them, right? Yeah, f- uh, find the situation where he, he wanted them to, to visit this place and teach our students their way of moving. And it was it was absolutely funny. They, those four young boys, they had uh, not so much teaching experience. <laughs> Um, and and then they, you know, uh, this is uh, this Gallo is a, fa- a fact in an old educational institution. We are founded in 1938, right. and so um, those guys they were climbing on the walls on on the on the buildings, uh, right? On the buildings, and I think, oh, oh what did I, I do? Yeah, yeah. No, this this is absolutely this is not good. Uh, so uh, and then. I, I need to find out if this has something value. So then after one year, we were talking and I said, I love to continue this, but uh, we have some problem with the buildings. <laughs> how, can we, how can we do this? We need something for you to work on. Yeah, and then one of the young boys, and uh, I have to mention his name because, because that guy is exactly the one who is in charge of this program you are visiting, Greg, here right. today. It's Martin Kallesö. Right. He was one of those young guys. And uh, I asked him, or he suggested, if we do some kind of drawings about some of the best spots we know from Europe mm-hmm. and put it together in a very concentrated field here in Gallo, and then we build a pedagogical park where we, with all this concrete and uh, rails and so on. Yeah, you have the ideal example of each thing. Exactly. So what happened, and uh, this is in fact a scientific fact, it is that at that time, when I said, yes, let us, let's do that, even it was pretty expensive at that time, but I believed them. So we built the first parkour park in the world because it was a park designed to teach for pedagogical reasons and not just for doing, right. but also to, to learn how to do it and at the same time understand the philosophy behind parkour. There may there are places where they have been practicing parkour in Europe or maybe even in the States uh, before, but it was it's the first time that we created a park strictly for that reason. Especially with that mindset, there are places mm-hmm. where people have built parkour places, yeah. but they're they're set up for challenge. They're set up for these are the kinds of technique 
things that we want to do. And when you get to the one here at Gerlev, you, you realize this is a teaching space. It's like coming into a gymnasium, only it's obviously outdoors. And yep. it's a very interesting space. So in the the funny part was that well when we uh, when they they made the drawings and we put a lot of concrete <laughs> and uh, and all the neighbors they were saying when are you going to finish that building <laughs> it's a three story like hulk like there's a husk there's windows there's columns and walls and people who do parkour see it and we immediately recognize the potential but it, it looks like you quit halfway <laughs> exactly so uh, but we, we we did that and and I made one one decision to you have to understand that this this uh, institution Gerlev Sports Academy or Gallo Idrætshøjskole is in fact very much strongly based on gymnastics but I was on a crossway even gymnastics has been my field I was educated here I was a young student here uh, returned back in the club system teaching gymnastics I returned for eight years to be teacher teaching gymnastics here at this spot i went to the university uh, teaching gymnastics for 20 years and then I became headmaster. And then after two years, I decided to quit gymnastics at Gerlu. And instead of gymnastics, I wanted to bring parkour, the full potential to be the main subject together with street dance. Mm-hmm. So I, lo- I, I find that the street dance which became part of the Gallo curriculum at the same time as I changed the philosophy about, well, I'm not fighting for getting gymnasts now, I'm fighting to get parkour-interested young people. And we have been doing that since for now for 10 years. One of my impressions when I first got here was I looked at the facilities and I I thought I knew where I was. And then when I started to move around in the space and they took us for a tour and I realized that the institution has this long history of there's pictures of the wall on the wall of all the different classes. And you can just see that this isn't simply a school. There's a lot more going on here that the somehow the administration and the teachers and the students work together and live together. And it it's you read this place cultivates uh, an individual responsibility. But then when you talk to the students who are here, you can just see that in them. So the the English would say the proof is in the pudding and it's just patently obvious that the that Gurlev is accomplishing its goals. Mm, thank you. But may I, may I, Absolutely. I can ex- explain a little bit about, uh, because it's even difficult to explain to the Danish politician what this kind of school is. <laughs> so I fully understand if you have problem to, to, to try to grab it and to explain to young American. Uh, so it's really, I, I fully understand because we are fighting to, to really to have the Even politicians. The you see, be, before 20 years ago, a lot of the politicians in the parliament, they would have been students themselves at similar schools. Okay. Um, so, but, but now uh, the, poli- uh, the, the politicians in the parliament, uh, it's very, very few of them. So, They really don't understand the the personal developing which is happening in a place like this, and how we we are trying to to create the feeling of how to reflect about your life, how to reflect about your society, how to reflect about how your sport is part of this society, and how we are influencing and what good we are doing. 
and uh, we are uh, absolutely we are struggling to 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 give the politicians this understanding but you know they are nervous if they are if they are making too much uh, uh, too much of a radical change uh, yeah then uh, they are afraid of their votings and so on but my point is I, i i just changed a little bit because i'm traveling the world I'm traveling. I've been doing this uh, my, my whole life. Uh, in fact, I've been traveling the whole uh, the whole world doing gymnastics. I have been performing and I've been coaching all over the world. And when I'm visiting universities, trying to explain the students about what is Galu, I, I I really I'm facing this again and again and again, and and then. But I have one sentence, and I would like to share that sentence with you Please. because at that uh, in that moment I know I grab the students, and I'm saying, "Could you imagine that you are studying at an educational institution, and we have no examinations?" And then all the students thinking about the next examination and next examination right. and, and uh, I lost two and I got only this mark and so mm-hmm. on and then you are here you have an institution where the students are staying up to 10 months from four up to 10 months they decide but we have no examinations on the other hand I tell them we may have a much stronger examination because if you don't show that you want to be here, that you, if you don't show that you want to develop yourself, then you are, there's no reason for you to, to be, be here. here right. So then we say, it may be a better idea that you are leaving. So that's our way of having an examination. So Finn, do you see any potential hazards or problems that parkour might face uniquely in the future? Well, you have to understand that uh, this is, of course, looking from my point of view. It may be not the right point of view. I mean, other views may be just as good and may be even better. But uh, I'm just giving you my personal point of view on this. Um, the reason why I'm in love with parkour and try to be a center for parkour in Denmark is that it has been unstructured, it has been the free will, it has been the innovative feeling, it has been explore the possibilities without rules. Now I know and I can see that we have reached the level with parkour that the spotification will take over. And will Sportification, just to give you my, my, my way of using the word, it is that when an activity suddenly become so popular that sports organization, <clears throat> sorry, sports organizations, that they realize, ah, here happen to be a potential to get new members. Then suddenly the activity becomes something more interesting not for the, all those values I have just been mentioning, but because it's a possibility to increase the members of the sports right. organization. Right. And and at the same time, when you are into a sport organization, then uh, in, in the world generally, I'm, Denmark is very confusing to explain about our organizations, but in, in the world in general, then they will come into a sports organization which are running competitive 
programs. Who is the the national champion, the European champion, right. and and the optimal goal of those organizations? And for some people in the field of parkour, is also, oh, can this be an Olympic? Uh, can we get it to that point where it's recognized like exactly, running? Exactly. And and here I have to say that uh, uh, this is just my view. I'm I'm giving to you because I have definitely. No problem in enjoying an activity who happen to be part of the Olympic family. I mean, it creates so much awareness. There are some entertainment feel in this. But from my my personal and from my academy's point of view, then I prefer that this has nothing to do what I you see, I I have learned from other sports activities and in fact my way of doing gymnastic that as when you start getting into this sportification then to be able to compare you need the rules to be more and more and more strict and suddenly you are sitting in a very very narrow field and you have to do it like this and you have to do it by time you have to do it uh, so all those aspects of people may like to look at it but the innovative the free will the 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 value of challenging yourself in a different way that will be gone in my opinion and that's what i see as the main problem the main problem and do you think that the way to protect against that problem is to self organize so that we can control the part of it that becomes a sport, that becomes sportified, that we can say that's fine, it can go be structured, but then we can preserve the nature of parkour if we have control of it ourselves? Or do you think we should continue on the same path of just having no organizational structure at all? I believe that if... I I, uh, I I know this has been discussed a lot and uh, my point of view may be totally uh, different, but... As soon as we begin organizing, then we are creating the basis for sportification. Because then suddenly you have an organization saying, we are the real parkour organization. And another one saying, no, no, we happen to be the real parkour organization. I'm working all over the world in the field of sport for all. And I can tell you that until now I have 15, 20 world organizations catering to the same people saying we are the organization which you have to belong to. Yeah, we represent you. Right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's popping up and it's still popping up. So in, in my opinion, then I feel that when you, if you go into a strong, structured organization as, as a way to avoid the other one, then I believe you just create the best background to do it. So I feel that the network, that's different, the network of groups in all the countries, that the network, and use the word network instead of organizations, because when you use organizations, then you run strictly into the typical sport structure in the world. Pyramid structure, right? Exactly. So, Finn, is there a story that you would like to share with us? Well, I, I think I have many stories. Really, I, I, could, I could continue for hours, but let me give you one which happened 
in, and in fact, I, I, I've been writing the story in a newspaper. Um, I was uh, I was trying to explain in the newspaper what is parkour, and then I gave them uh, this special experience I had many years ago. I, at that time, I had just built the uh, the Galo Parkour Park. So it was about 2006. I went to the city, the, the nearby city here. It's a small city compared to the States, uh, but it's a small city. Uh, anyway, I was waiting uh, outside the, the local cinema and I was waiting for my wife. And then I was, while I was sitting in the car, I looked out and then I saw three young boys. They were being 10, 11, 12 years old. And they were... Just in front of my car, there was three stones, uh, half meter high. Uh, it was put there to avoid that cars would right, park. Keep the cars out, yeah, right. yeah. So it was, uh, three stones, and on, then on uh, after the stone, there was a sign, you know, a pole with mm-hmm. a sign saying, "This is a street over this and this." And those three young kids, they were jumping from stone to stone and then grab the pole, the sign and swing around. And they, I even my wife, she came, but I said, you have to wait. I said for half an hour, enjoying, enjoying that though, how those three kids, they didn't need anything else that those three stones and a sign pole. And then they had fun and fun Mm. and fun. That's my story. And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Well, I have tried parkour. (laughs) Uh, Well, the first word and the most fundamental word for me about parkour and maybe about sport in general, it is located in the word fundamental. It is if you and fun. If you don't have fun, then you don't enjoy what you obviously then you don't enjoy what you are doing. You need to have fun to continue enjoying being physical active. So when we are all over the world trying to get people to be more physical active, fighting the sickness of inactivity, then we need to understand that fun is the best weapon against that. And here, once again, about politicians, they are nervous about the word fun. It don't give them voters. Uh, but it is the most used and the most the strongest weapon. So fun is absolutely number one. Second is the challenge. And in some ways related to fun. You have to challenge yourself. You have to challenge your way of thinking. You have to challenge your, what do, do I dare doing this? How can I, how can I, when, when do I know that this is the limits of what I, I dare to do and all I want to do? And that's the perfect situation that you, you, you challenge yourself, but aware, when do I have to stop? And then the last one is for me, reflection. You have fun, you challenge, but you also have to understand that what you are doing is part of a bigger picture. It can be something which is very 
very, very needful and helpful related to avoid diseases or to create health promotion. It can do, it can be a social part. So you have to think about uh, or reflect about what is my sport, my activity doing in this field, in our society. So fun, challenge and reflection. Thank you very much, Finn. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Thank you very much, Gray. And of course, there's a website. Visit parkour.theysaid.world for this episode's notes and transcript. The site also has writing from people around the world, and everything is available in a dozen languages. Mm-hmm.